0: Welcome to The Quartering Podcast for Thursday, the 12th of January. First up, Elon Musk drops bombshell on Twitter, White House, Russia collusion. It was all lies.
1: We've just got a brand new Twitter files drop. And this time, it's implicating a lot of top Democrats and government officials in the perpetuation of the ridiculous Russia stuff that we've seen over the past zillion years. I mean, really peaking in like... But 2015 2016 every problem of on the planet uh you know that we dealt with in the united states such a powerful country um constantly getting taken down by more russian trolls and things of that nature it was a wild time where people are just believing everything at face value and i want to get into this um You know, released by Matt Taibbi, who's doing excellent work, by the way. And you should follow M T A I B B I on Twitter. Of course, I'll be here to break it all down for you as well. Russia Twitter files, number 14. I'll leave the link in the description, by the way. I know I talk about it all the time, but, you know, it's hopefully, you know, it will reduce my dependence on uh, pleasing Mama Susan. The Russia Gate files. One, the fake tale of the Russian bots and the release the memo hashtag. A crucial moment in the years long furor, Democrats announced a report about the flaws in the Trump Russia investigation, saying that it was boosted by Russian bots and trolls. This is a catch all term for usually for people we don't like. Twitter officials were aghast, finding zero evidence of Russian influence. We were feeding congressional trolls, not any significant activity connected to Russia, putting the cart before the horse, assuming this is propaganda slash bots. So this is like wagging the dog, uh, you know, essentially, you know, the government said, but you have Russian bots. And Twitter kept saying, no, we don't. No matter how often they looked, they couldn't find any. Twitter even warned politicians and media that not only lacked evidence, but had evidence The accounts were, in fact, not even Russian and were roundly ignored because he never let the facts get in the way of a good narrative. On January 18, 2018, Republican Devin Nunes submitted a classified memo to the House Internal Committee detailing um, bad behavior by the FBI in obtaining FISA surveillance authority against Trump-connected figures, including the crucial role played by the infamous bologna sausage Steele dossier. You may remember it as the Piss dossier. The Nunes assertions would virtually all be verified in a report by Justice Department Inspector General Mitchell Horowitz in December 2019. And again, you click through the actual thread if you want to read. He has all the receipts here posted. But. Nonetheless, national media in January and early February in 2018 denounced the Nunes report in oddly identical language, calling it a quote joke. Here you see MSNBC, two ex-DOJ officials on Nunes' memo, a bad joke. Andrea Mitchell, Nunes has turned the House Intel Committee into a joke. The Nunes memo is out. It's a joke. I mean, everybody used the exact same language. It's almost as if it was coordinated. Leave a like on this video right now if you haven't yet subscribed. I've been on the Twitter file since day one, and I will continue to cover them in the moment that they come out. My only ask ever is that uh, you consider subscribing down below. On January 9th, sorry, January 23rd, 2018, Senator Dianne Feinstein of a Democrat in California and Congressman Adam Schiff, Democrat, California, published an open letter saying the hashtag, quote, gained the immediate attention and assistance of social media accounts linked to Russian influence operations. Feinstein and Schiff said that Nunez's memo distorts classified information, but they don't actually call it incorrect. Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal followed suit, publishing a letter saying, "...we find it reprehensible that Russian agents have so eagerly manipulated innocent Americans." Feinstein, Schiff, Blumenthal, the media members all pointed to the same exact source, The Hamilton 68 dashboard created by former FBI counterintelligence official Clint Watts under the auspicious, auspice, sorry, of the Alliance of Securing Democracy. The dashboard, which featured a crude picture of Vladimir Putin deviously blowing evil red tweet birds into the atmosphere, was vague in how it even reached its conclusions. Inside Twitter, executive panned Watts, hamilton 68 and the uh hamilton and the alliance for securing democracy two key complaints hamilton 68 seemed to be everyone's only source and zero people nobody was actually checking with twitter it's propaganda it was propaganda perpetrated by our own government 14 quote i encourage you to be skeptical of hamilton 68's take on this which as far as I can tell is the only source for these stories, said Global Policy Communications Chief, Chief and Future White House and NSC spokesperson Emily Horn. She added, It's a comms play for ASD. Quote, all the swirl is based on Hamilton, said Trust and Safety Yol
0: Roth. Even Yol Roth said it was baloney. Even Yol Roth. If ASD isn't going to fact check with us,
1: we should feel free to correct the record of their work, said policy VP Carlos Mangi. Essentially saying, look, they're running these reports with proof of, you know, Russian blah, 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 blah. But they never even checked with Twitter to verify anything. They didn't even bother. Some might say because they weren't interested in fact checking it. Roth could not find any Russian connection to the hashtag release the memo at all. Quote, I just reviewed the accounts that posted the first 50 tweets with release the memo ad and none of them show any signs of affiliation with Russia. We investigated, found the engagement as overwhelmingly organic and driven by VITs, which are very important tweeters, including WikiLeaks and Congressman Steve King. A staffer for DiFi, Feinstein agreed it would be quote, helpful to know how Hamilton 68 goes by quote, the process by which they decide an account is actually Russian, but only after Feinstein published her letter about Russian influence. Oh, interesting. So it's it's yeah, it's probably we should probably look into the process here of how they actually said it. But only after she was said that she absolutely uh, is proof. You know, that there was more Russia. When Twitter spoke to a Bloomthal staffer, they tried to quote, wave him off because we don't believe those are bots. Well, they don't believe it, even though there's no evidence. Added another, it might be worth nudging Blumthal staffer that it could be in his boss's best interest to not go out there because it could come back and make him look silly. Of course, from Nick Pickles. Nick Pickles was on the thread. One Twitter executive even tried to negotiate, implying an undisclosed future PR concession if Bloomthal would lay off of this. Quote, it seems like there are other wins we could offer him. Well, that's nefarious, isn't it? Working directly with, so Twitter didn't like being associated with this whole Russian bot thing, so they're basically offering some sort of quid pro quo? Bloomthal pushed his letter anyway. Executives eventually grew frustrated over what they saw as a circular process presented with claims of Russian activity even when denied led to even more claims. They expressed this explicitly to Bloomthal's camp saying that Twitter spent a lot of resources on this request and the reward from Bloomthal shouldn't be round and round of re- round after round of requests. We can't do a user notice every single time this happens. Eventually, Twitter staff realizes, quote, Blumenthal isn't looking for real and nuanced solutions, but just wants to get credit for pushing us further. Shocking. Ultimately, senior executives talked about beating congressional trolls and compared their situations to the children's book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. In the story, if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll want a glass of milk, which will lead to a wave of exhausting requests, at the end of which he'll want a glass of milk and one more cookie. The metaphor for endless russian requests was so perfect one executive wrote i'm legit embarrassed i didn't think of it first despite universal internal conviction that there were zero russians in the story twitter went on to follow a slavish pattern of not challenging russia claims on the record because they were worried about their own reputation even though they knew that it was fake Outside counsel from D.C. connected firms like Debivoss, and Plimpton advised Twitter to use language like, quote, with respect to particular hashtags, we take seriously any activity that may represent an abuse of our platform. As a result, reporters from the AP to Politico to NBC to Rolling Stone continued to hammer the Russian bots theme despite a total and complete lack of evidence. Russians weren't just blamed for release hashtag release a memo, but Schumer shutdown, uh, the Parkland stuff, gun control now to widen the divide according to the New York Times. Hashtag Schumer shutdown and release a memo. The internal guidance was, uh, quote, both hashtags are organically trending. So when inconvenient, when inconvenient, they just say, oh, it's Russian bots. Everyone knows this. And then even though Twitter internally knew that wasn't true, they didn't correct it. Because of fear of their own kind of blowback. NBC, Politico, AP, Times, Business Insider, Insider, and other media outlets who played up the Russian bot story, even the Rolling Stone, all declined to comment for this story. Shocking. The staffs of Feinstein, Schiff, and Blumenthal also declined to comment. Who did comment? Devin Nunez. Schiff and the Democrats falsely claimed Russians were behind the release of the memo hashtag All My Investigative Work. By spreading the Russia collusion hoax, they instigated one of the greatest outbreaks of mass delusion in the United States history. This release and memo episode is just one of many in the Twitter files, RussiaGate scandal that was built on the craven dishonesty of politicians and reporters for who for years ignored the absence of data to fictional scare headlines. For more, of course, watch Schellenberg, Barry Weiss, alfang Zeiss and Bernson for more. Tudor had no editorial input on the story. Searches were carried out by third parties, so the documents could be limited. They accuse us of malinformation. We accuse them of gaslighting. Guess who's on the right side of the story? The, the Democrats knowingly pushed this absolute garbage, proofless story on the American people. The mainstream media pushed the very same story. To sell clicks and 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 sow seeds of fear, so they can more easily
0: control you. And Twitter worked directly with them. And next up today, huge reveal proves ties of the White House and Twitter and Facebook all working together.
1: Hopefully, we're going to see a reckoning this year, as continually more information comes out, whether that's through Freedom of Information Act. Um requests or the Twitter files. we now have another report through Michael Schellenberger, who's been reporting on Twitter files, although this is more of a direct facebook slash twitter slash poke files. And I think it's absolutely worth covering because it's just even more evidence uh, of the direct uh, and and complete infringement on our First Amendment rights in this country. Uh, and free citizens having their speech infringed or having their social media platforms you know, banned, in this case, at the behest directly of the Joe Biden White House. This via Michael Schellenberger. Many think social media companies only censored product misinformation, I'll say. But a recently released email shows Facebook reassuring the White House that they were censoring, quote, often true content that quote does not contain actionable misinformation, but was discouraging the purchase of the product, the poke. So when 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 they told you that they were most they were worried about misinformation, when they were worried about um you know people like <laughs> taking home remedies or horsey paste or all this type of stuff. That's bull. Here they even admit that they often censored true information at the, if it was viewed as possibly slowing down the purchase of these products from people like Pfizer and Moderna. Here you have Andy. This is uh, Andy Slavitt uh, at the WHO. Um, Andy, thanks for taking the time to connect today. Prior to discussion, I want to follow up with the next steps. Consistent product team. As discussed, we will make X Redacted, who has been coordinating the product work that matters most to your team, available on a regular basis. If it makes sense, we can schedule some time for Redacted to connect with you and or Rob, sharing additional data, levers for tackling poke hesitant content. You also asked us about our levers for reducing the virality of poke hesitant content. In addition to policies previously discussed these include the additional changes that were approved last week and that we'll be implementing over the next coming weeks as you know in addition to removing poke misinformation we have been focused on reducing the virality so de-boosting blacklisting um uh hiding of content discouraging the poke that does not contain actionable misinformation so even if what you said was true and you said, "Hey, maybe we sh- Maybe you should, you know, think more deeply about getting this poke, or this injection." They deboosted you, and they blacklisted your content, and they probably banned people. That is absolute
0: insanity. This is often true content that which we allow
1: at the post level because experts have advised us that is important for people to be able to discuss their personal experiences and concerns about the poke. But it also can be framed as sensational, alarmist, or shocking. We'll remove these groups, pages, and accounts when they are disproportionately promoting sensationalized content. You mean like bodies being stacked like car- cordwood in the street? How does CNN still have a Facebook page?
0: Absolutely insane. More on this as we proceed to implement. I mean they were they were they were tipping the
1: scales. Who's to say they couldn't have done this? I mean, hypothetically, the systems are in place for them to do this on various election type you know, maybe they don't like you know information that's true but has a result we don't like. Maybe positive Donald Trump posts, for example. Maybe they maybe they deboosted those. Sure, seems like they had the technology, right? I mean, I don't know if they did or didn't. I assume we'll find out. I mean, the Washington Post just published that article 10 years later. I'm sorry, eight years later that, oops, we were wrong about Russian bots and trolls. We've we looked into it and turns out there was no net uh, net effect of these eight years after the fact crack reporting Washington Post. Schellenberger continues. What's more, said Facebook executive, is, quote, we'll remove these groups and pages and accounts when they become disproportionately promoting the sensationalized content well, on that front. There is a pattern here of the Biden White House intimidating Twitter and Facebook executives into censoring, quote, legitimate findings and questions about our coof policies.
0: This is from David Zwieg. And you can see the article here in the receipts. This links to
1: an article on the Free Press, how Twitter rigged the COOF debate. And one of the interesting things here is Biden. One of the first meeting requests from the Biden White House was about COOF misinformation. Per regular process, public policy took the meeting. Biden's staff focused on the poke and high-level anti poke accounts, including
0: Alex Berenson, who has since been reinstated, of course. And of course... Elon Musk keys in here and says constitutional violation.
1: I mean, I think like, yeah, it is a constitutional violation. So you had Facebook like first they've been, I mean, first amendment. Are you joking? Are you joking about that? Our government has been, has, uh, has been infringing on our first amendment right for years. They've just been doing it behind the scenes. They've just been doing it behind the scenes with by uh, flexing on Twitter and Facebook to do it. You can see this email shows Facebook responding defensively to the White House's then COOF advisor, Andy Slavitt. This often true content, wrote Facebook, which we allow at the post level um, because experts have advised is important, but it can be framed as blah, blah, blah. We'll remove this stuff. Another White House official wrote in an angry, scolding email to Facebook, quote, We are gravely concerned that your service is one of the top drivers of poke hesitancy. Which apparently, just discussing your concerns was something that isn't allowed. So, if you were concerned about injecting this product into your body, you were seen as a negative as somebody who needed to be silenced, somebody who needed to be deboosted and shadow banned. Turns out the more people talked about it, the less they wanted to do it. Hypothetically. All of these censorship demands were occurring against the backdrop of the White House, and Congress regularly threatened to revoke Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which indemnifies social media platforms from liability meaning they can't get sued for stuff that their people post. Except they surely were not acting like platforms. Not when they were making specific editorial decisions on what content they should be able to remove. In my opinion, they should not have indemnity. They should not be protected against lawsuits because they very clearly were not acting like simply platforms. In fact, they were acting like extended
0: arms of the Democratic Party. And the White House. Aaron Kudry, a former professor
1: at the University of California, Irvine School of Medicine and plaintiff in Attorney General's case, wrote in the Wall Street Journal: "The First Amendment bars the government from engaging in viewpoint-based censorship." That's what the White House had the same impact. Or I'm sorry. What's more is the White House had the same impact on Twitter. Show this tweet, Martin Koldorf, no, thinking that everyone must be poked is as scientifically flawed as thinking that nobody should. Coof policies are important for older, high-risk people and their caretakers. Those with prior natural infection do not need it, nor children. Boom, mislabeled, misleading. We know that this was a result of direct interference from the White House. Uh, I believe this was the post that was, if I'm, if I'm incorrect, forgive me, but there was a an email from was it Schiff I feel like it was Adam Schiff I want to say it was I could be wrong about that it was some government and empo- empo- em- some government employee that requested that label be put on there I mean this is treasonous and like if there isn't somebody and I don't care if they have a d or an r after the name if they aren't going to go full boat into prosecuting into ejecting these people from congress you don't have my vote and it's now become one of the biggest issues for me going into the 2026 elections like this is i mean the next president better have an opinion on this and better have an action plan on this the next republican or democrat that wants my vote for in wisconsin better have an opinion on this better have acted properly better not have had their emails on these where they're requesting the suppression of the free speech the First Amendment right of American citizens. It's sickening to me that the mainstream media refuses to cover this, and I'm thankful I have all
0: of you sharing the word. And next up, the hilarious woke disaster of Velma, HBO Max demolished by fans for terrible show.
1: The new HBO Max show, the show that nobody asked for, show that nobody wanted, uh, is out. And we have a brand new trailer from Velma, a ridiculous self-insert vanity project by Mindy Kaling, uh, who, you know, basically has ever done one good thing. And that was written a few good episodes of The Office. Uh, Every other project she seems to have seems to be weird self-inserts and vanity projects. And nobody wanted this Velma show. And the entire internet. It's one of those rare, super rare scenarios where both critics and fans agree that the show looks like trash. I want to start with the trailer, which you know is always in. You know that they have a ton of faith in the the show and the trailer when they disable the comments on launch. There's also some curious, you know, some curious numbers here going on here, okay? It has 2.3 million views, okay? Now, many of these are probably bought and paid for, like, uh, you know, um, they, they, they did uh, advertising or whatever, but with 2.3 million views, the trailer only has,
0: my- I'm sorry, only has 7,200 upvotes that interaction
1: rate doesn't jive so we break out our 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 handy trusty tool uh that reveals to us what the number of dislikes are and that number is currently 147,000 147,000 people came together to press that dislike button while a pathetic 7,200 liked the trailer. And look, it's not even, you know, the audience giving it a 19%. It premieres today. So I don't know. You know, this is obviously early sentiment. I don't think many uh, in the audience have seen it yet. Or maybe they could. Maybe it started last night on Midnight. But they, they paid enough money to put this trailer on Trending, by the way. It's number 13 on Trending talk about astroturfing right like absolute just fake hype it only has a 60 percent on the tomato the critic tomato meter meaning one more one more negative review and it's going to be rotten like even CNN sporadically witty but ultimately rather tedious Joshua Alston a variety another left-leaning outlet it's been done before and much better, using unique takes on the gang that maintain their essence. Balan Edwards, Mashable, another left-wing media outlet. All the pieces of a great Scooby spin-off are here, so why does it not come together? Paste Magazine, a hodgepodge of ideas that never connect. Hollywood Reporter, too much meta humor, not enough heart. Well that's like, I mean, that's the Marvel world. Right? All these Marvel movies now, cringe meta jokes, nonstop, nonstop. And if you look at even this article here by on Gizmodo, another left-wing media outlet, I feel redundant saying that because they're all basically that, but the vibe in Velma trailer is 10 years too late. What do you mean? She's totally gay. So
0: that's awesome. Right? And the black guy does drugs. Cool. I mean, you see, Velma was recently featured in her in her queer glory because this is the only
1: reason they're actually making this, right? It's for more LGBT propaganda. I'm just I'm over it. I've stopped caring. I've stopped giving these people the benefit of the doubt because let's be clear, that's why they're making this. We were hoping for more of that without her questioning her own orientation, the crushes on her friends as part of the comedy which looks to be a step back this upcoming series. The very first thing they talk about on this show is her who she sleeps with. That's all they care about. That's all the media cares about, and that's all the writers cared about. The new trailer for the adult animated uh, series reveals a comedy that feels decidedly retro, as an outdated. What do you mean? We, you don't think 420 jokes are funny in the, in year, in the year 2023? But she says 420. I mean, get it, weed? Yeah, ha 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 ha. They don't even have the dog in the show. You know, like some of the Twitter takes. This from Canvas Pirate: Take away everything you loved about Scooby Doo, add cringy dialogue, and make all the characters unlikable, and you have the new Velma series in a nutshell. This trailer for the new Velma series has over hundred thousand dislikes, which should pretty much tell you nobody wanted this. I mean, it has seven thousand upvotes. I'm not trying to I'm not saying this to be a hater for the new Valma show but dang they messed up that quadratic formula.
0: They labeled it the quadratic formula and it's not the quadratic formula. If you don't tell people this is if you didn't tell people this is Scooby Doo, almost no one would be able to tell.
1: Does this dialogue sound like any previous version of Shaggy and Velma would on
0: how they would talk to each other? Four twenty is right. Um. Yeah, it's code for adults who still watch cartoons.
1: I also, oh yeah, also don't forget that Daphne's brown now. She's no longer white. She's brown, so she can look exactly like Minnie Kaling. That's the cringiest part of it, maybe. Is that this woman is so insecure? She holds an extremely powerful position in Hollywood. She gets to destroy whatever IP she wants to. She's already got a brown character out of four, right? And she's like, "Well, Daphne, or um, but uh, no, but my character also has to be race swapped, so she looks just like me. Why not just call it the Mindy Kaling Show then?" You can say this looks like garbage, holy ass. We wanted Harley Quinn audience. You're not going to get it. Thank god I'm only watching for Daphne Fred and the cheerleaders. Like everybody's just completely dunking on this. It, it, nobody it, it, the official HBO, the official Velma the series release of the trailer only got 2000 likes. It got, you know, like and by the way, don't don't spend too much time on this hashtag cuz you just get too much too many prawn videos like the new hbo max velma trailer just dropped no one cares How about this make make the black person a druggie and the only white guy of the group a misogynistic twat representation matters also love that daphne is the dumb rich popular girl just classic mannerisms of the crew they really nailed it hashtag or
0: slash s like they're all just like it's so lazy it's so lazy.
1: Nobody wanted this show, uh, you know, period. Um, Mindy Kaling is a one woman wrecking crew of, of cringe. And you know, look, it's fine. It's like, it's like, I always say like, okay, it's not for me. I, I'm, I, I didn't grow up personally attached to Velma. I watched Scooby Doo when I was young, but like, I don't think I ever really connected with it. Like, the way I'm trying to remember what era that would have been on, like, what else was I watching instead of Scooby Doo? Maybe other Saturday morning cartoons. I probably liked maybe the real Ghostbusters or stuff like that instead of this. But 150,000 dislikes and HBO disabling comments. That's, I mean, there's no other way to just simply admit defeat than that. Like, you just you just say no, we're not going to let people downvote our, our stuff thanks to our thanks to, you know, uh, YouTube defending us and, and removing the dislike button. And then we're going to sh- shut down comments because shut up, you want this. We don't want to hear that you don't want this. The, the the again, I always talk about when you talk about the likes and dislikes on these videos, forget the fact that we don't have that we typically can't see the number of dislikes. There's only 7,000 likes on something that has 2.3 million views. This video right now might get more than 7,000 likes. And it'll have maybe 100,000 views. What an embarrassment. Keep pumping out the garbage, Hollywood. It's called job security for me.
0: And last up today, Andrew Tate Wiretap reveals brutal new details that are tough to overcome.
1: Some new kind of... uh, files were released or leaks or whatever the case may be uh, that uh, look quite bad for Andrew Tate. Now, a lot of what seems to be being used against him are his own words, literally self-snitching, as some people might say. But I think there's an important second part to all of this. I'm going to go over some of the things that that were released in these documentations, these documents that got out That look, you know, even if you're a huge, super mega fan for Tate, you've got to admit, look pretty bad. Um, But again, you have to still, I will say this again, like you still have to prove that he did these things. Um, People say they do stuff all the time. Uh, Maybe they're trying to impress their girl or they're trying to impress somebody else. You have to actually prove it, which they have to do. So I don't care how much you hate the guy or love the guy. Uh, I hope that we can agree that, you know, a fair trial, Uh, needs to happen and maybe some people believe that he will be vindicated some people believe he will not be vindicated and that's for the court to decide but there was you know a turnaround now or an update in the kind of uh tate losing his appeal um he had lost his appeal uh, against his asset seizures and all of the things of that nature so the romanian government came took all of his cars he was also appealing from what I understand, you know the fact that they have him under lock and key for at least 30 days or till the end of the month at this point. Um, so he's, you know, not allowed to roam free uh, in preparation for his trial. He, rem- he still seems to be sending, you know, quite a few tweets from behind bars, which was odd to me. But um, maybe he's just, you know, calling and scheduling them, or he's meeting with people and he's saying, "Hey, go tweet this." Heck, I don't know. Maybe they get cell phones in there. I don't know. I don't know what it's like, and hope I never do. Um, but you know, yesterday on the on the heels of a judge saying, "Hey, no, we're not going to uh, we're not going to listen to an appeal." A lot of what Andrew was alleging or tried to allege was that many of the things that he said he has said that that are being used against him uh, were under like a character. He was playing a character. Uh, And maybe that's true, but the judge did not uh, agree. The judge did not say or think that he was playing a character largely in part due to other files that were found on his computers that were not made public, Um, files that don't look great. Um, In particular, one of them is uh, him basically laughing about how Romanian law enforcement can be bought and paid for and again maybe that's true but you generally don't want to embarrass the corrupt people that you're trying to take advantage of their corruptness um and essentially you know having and then, they, and then the prosecutor leaked this video where he said oh the Romanian government i'll just show up with a stack of cash and i'll walk right out of prison maybe that were true before the release of this video and i think that's why the prosecutor leaked it Um. But now certainly it puts the screws to a lot of other people. Now, of course, there were a series of messages that were released by Vice World News on Wednesday that appear to show him boasting about, uh, you know, doing the R word. Now, um, again, these, these are people who are, you know, I'm not trying to like defend the guy. Um, But I'll say, you know, these are people using the literal definition of the words he's using. It's entirely possible they're into this thing. They have some sort of safe word, some sort of thing of that nature. But there were text messages where he said, you know, I love doing this to you. Um, The R word, you know. Uh, Tate said one of his texts, Monsters are monsters, and when you're under my control, I do whatever I please. A spokesman for the PD confirmed that this is an old message that he was in fact arrested back in 2015 over this very same allegation. So they're they're trying to bring this back up. I guess he had been arrested earlier in the year over the same claims of two other women who also spoke to Vice. One accused him of the big R, and the other of putting his hands on him. Uh, he was arrested over those claims back in 2015. Police confirmed Insider. The UK's Crown Prosecution Service did not bring charges in any of the cases. The third accuser shared texts with which she said he sent her after the incident. She gave those messages to police, she said. Insider could not independently independently verify them. The woman who used the alias Amelia told Vice that she and Tate had known each other since 2009 and began dating in 2013. Um, The first night she went over to Tate's apartment, she told the publication that a switch had flipped after she told him she didn't want to hook up that night. I got up and looked at him and went, What's wrong? The woman told Vice, the guy literally laid there and went, I'm just debating whether or not I should R word you or not. She told the outlet that Tate then uh, did something terrible after that, calling her his property and asking, Who do you belong to? Now, again, this is her claim. And, you know, again, I'm not, I can't say if it's true or not, but what I can say is, you know, clearly the police at that point didn't feel like there was enough evidence to corroborate it. Um, again, just because you don't get charged, that doesn't mean you didn't do the crime, it just means there wasn't sufficient sufficient evidence of it. Uh, but this is the world we live in. you know. So they felt like at that point, there wasn't enough evidence. And so now they're kind of baking this in to this latest situation in 2023 Again, obviously, if true, horrible, but there's some reason that they didn't prosecute, and I wonder what that is. Six months later, the woman had filed a police report, and by 2015, she was contacted by the PD as, she sought, as they sought evidence on Tate. At that point, she turned over her phone, which included those texts after the incident. The voice notes provided by the woman from Tate struck a macabre tenor as well. Writing, am I a bad person? Because the more you didn't like it, the more I enjoyed it. Take it, we heard saying in one of the voice notes, Provice adding that he wanted to pin her down and make her do things she didn't like. Again, this sounds like it could be kink stuff. I don't know. You know, if she says it wasn't, then I suppose that's, you know, that's the word. I'm one of the most dangerous men on the planet. He said in a video, sometimes you forget exactly how lucky you are to get effed by me. Some of the things this dude says are like both epic and, and kind of scary. You know, and these are things that he said on recordings. Um, again, they didn't charge him at the time. Now there were some other things that look bad as well, including him claiming in several cases You know, he wrote, you're not stupid. You can probably guess how I make so much money. This is from a wiretap. I have to hide what I'm really doing. I've been doing this for a long time with a team of girls working on video chat. This is known, right? The company was fake, but this is how I laundered my dirty money. Some of the girls who work for me, I use them to do other things, to move money or illegal
0: things, documents, etc. Again... This is what he said. Okay. And generally,
1: when somebody says, you know, like they're admitting to a crime, they probably did it. But what the police have to do at this point is to actually prove that he did these things, prove that he actually uh, had women move documents and other illegal things, which, you know, we've seen no evidence of. I I I assume it must exist. Right. In the same report by Digi24, more details about Tate and his brother, you know, uh, one person described the experience. The prosecutors claiming that the girls worked under the brothers were often made to feel intimidated by armed guards who were stationed in every room, including the spicy campsites where they worked. More shockingly, the girls were also reported to get tattoos that would read owned by Tate, a common trope amongst trafficking. Now again, this term, trafficking, you know, has been used as a, a catch-all in some cases. And in some cases, it's been completely accurate. Um, but th- these transcripts don't look good. Um, Him telling, you know, you can't go outside without telling me, the mall, the supermarket, nowhere from now on. I told you I wanted to go on. This is your last warning. Um. I heard you're the one running the OF and TikTok account. Um, Like, it's possible. You know, a lot of these, the other things is uh, there's claims that he misled these women, that he was going to marry them only to then basically put them to work. And he's got a video basically saying that.
0: (laughs) You know, like he's, I don't know if it's for his course or whatever, um, but it, you know, doesn't look good. You see it's um, Tristan and Andrew have been placed, obviously, in Bucharest
1: detention center in suspicion of trafficking, attempting to form a crime group and committing all sorts of other claims. But you're talking about, you know, having a fake company. That's not a good, that's probably not, not looking good. Almost certainly not looking good. Uh, You know, the wiretap, um, he's going to have to answer for that stuff. This stuff doesn't look good. Uh, you know, I think that is, you know, is, I'm, I'm actually interested to see if this ever goes to court. My opinion has still remained that he will not do any time beyond this 30 days. That isn't me saying he's guilty or innocent. My opinion is that he won't do any time. Uh, right now, we're looking at them dredging up several old claims that unless there's new evidence, you're not going to convict him. Um, the now there are other things where on video he talks about paying his women in Bitcoin so he doesn't have to pay his taxes, tax evasion, you know this kind of stuff. This is how they get mobsters is tax evasion, um, and if you know he talks about that on video. So if there is an actual paper trail of him, you know exchanging Bitcoin and not paying taxes and all this kind of stuff. That, that will be most likely, you know, governments, you don't give them their money. That's when they suddenly start, they start caring a little bit more. So, so if he was, you know, tax evading using cryptocurrency, that's probably going to be what gets him. unless there's more evidence here. But uh, right now, based on what's out there, they're still going to have to prove it. He said these things, but there's going to have to be some evidence. Certainly, it doesn't look great. I hope you were informed by this video. If you were, please make sure you leave a like on it and you subscribe down below, and we'll talk to you again real soon.